And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it, get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hello. Welcome back. Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer. We're back for another episode of 1% Better. And the Colts, they are getting better. I think that is a fact. Uh, now, 9-4 and four after a very Zach Thorough 44-27 win over the Oakland Raiders. Uh, they probably could have been 54-27, to 27, honestly. Yeah. Had they not taken their foot off the gas pedal, that was that was a whipping. They got a defensive coordinator fired last night. All right, that's what we're talking about here. <laughs> it was that bad. It didn't feel like that. I mean, yeah. look, the Colts jumped up ten zip. The Raiders came back with fourteen straight. There were some leaky moments in the secondary for sure, and we can talk about those. But the Colts ripped off what like thirty six to three run. I mean, they you know thirty to six run basically after what that. Is they that? absolutely just strangled the Raiders. They got the defensive coordinator, Ball Gunther, fired a couple hours after the game. And and for me, the, the bottom line takeaway is this is when contenders start to separate themselves from pretenders. And in a game that had a lot on the line with the wild card race, let's not forget the fact that the Raiders were absolutely playing for something yesterday. They were embarrassed. And the Colts are a good team. They're starting to prove it every week. It's not a fluke. They're winning the same way every week. They're balanced. They've got all three phases working. Rivers is on fire. The run game's coming back. T.Y. Hilton has been reborn. The defense, uh, weird in the first half. Again, really shut it down in the second half. Colts are pretty good. I think they're I think they're a playoff team and, and a team that you probably don't want to play in the first round. I think that's exactly right. And here's here's how I I know that you're onto something there because look at their their losses. They've lost four games, not a ton. All right, Jacksonville, that yeah, that happened. Okay, it happened. I can't explain it. Still can't explain it. <laughs> I still can't explain it. I'll probably never be able to explain it, but it happened, okay? And they haven't won since. So it took everything they had, apparently, to beat the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, in the game since, the Colts have lost to the Cleveland Browns, really good team. They've lost to the Baltimore Ravens, pre-COVID, <laughs> pretty good team. And, well, pre-COVID you know, sort of outbreak, I guess, uh, when things kind of fell apart there. So that not a bad loss. They should have played better, but but certainly on paper, not a bad loss. And then they lost the Tennessee Titans when they were pretty shorthanded. So it was an embarrassing loss, granted, but but I get it. I'm not surprised it happened. So, I mean, if you look across the league and you look at who's beating who on a week-to-week basis, I actually don't take a lot of issue with the close losses. If you're going to lose to the Browns, the, the Ravens and the Titans, I can live with that. Yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about the losses very much, but let's think about it this way. Who'd you lose to the Browns without? You didn't have Costanzo on the left side, and I have right. pined on here for months. No Darius Leonard. Important. Yeah, no Darius Leonard as well. And the Browns are much better than we thought back in early October when those teams played. You lost to the Titans a couple of weeks ago. 
and you were a shell of yourself. Like, let's be honest, like no Buckner, no Autry. Um, I, I can I can swallow that one, right, if you're the Colts. Yeah. But what's standing out to me is the repetitiveness of these wins. Like, they're doing it the same way every week. That's a mark of a good team. Like, they're doing what they want. They're getting T.Y. Hilton the ball now when he wants it, when they want to. And Michael Pittman, I can't talk about how much of an impact Michael Pittman has had on the offense since he got back. His numbers are not going to blow you away, but doesn't it just feel like he has added an element to this offense that needed? Yeah. He's the guy that can get the third down. They get him in space. He's he's a dangerous runner in space. They're getting the run back. You wrote about Jonathan Taylor and how he just took over yesterday. Um, and, and you cannot say enough about Phillip Rivers. Bum toe, doesn't matter. That guy is playing lights out right now. And, and I haven't talked about the defense yet, but this offense has really stepped it up in the last month, and and they are very balanced. And this team is healthy, and they're coming into their own right now. So along the same lines, you talked earlier about teams this time of year separating themselves. And I also think the same kind of happens with players, individual players. And what are we seeing right now? We're seeing the Colts' best players are starting to show up. Yeah. All right. So, and I'm talking on both sides of the ball. So, let's take Kenny Moore for an example. Kenny Moore starts the game terribly. He gets beat a couple of times, honestly. Uh, he has the personal foul after giving up the play. <laughs> okay. So, so it made matters worse. And then now here they are driving again. And the Raiders, they're going in the score. And guess who they're going after? They're going after Kenny Moore. And you know what? He said, not today. <laughs> he said, not today. Not I mean, on my watch. Point blank, you've covered a lot of football. Have you ever seen a better interception in your life? I really don't think so. I really, really don't think so. Uh, that was incredible. Just uh, from a standpoint of just individual effort and what it took and then the context. And the context is this. Yeah. Kenny Moore's like 5'9". Okay. Kenny Moore had been roasted a couple times earlier in the game, and he admitted that, and he admitted to being very frustrated. Well, and I that's mean, why they were going there, at him again. And what was the receiver? Some big tight ends, you know, six big, six. Big job. I mean, he didn't even get his hips around, and he talked about how difficult it was to make the play after the game. And in Kenny, typical Kenny fashion, he had to die and play it. But frankly, we wouldn't let him because it was that impressive of an interception. I think I could cover football for thirty more years and not see a better interception, a more impressive play. That was unbelievable. You know what it reminded me of? And I know this is not the first thing that pops into people's minds. But if you watch him before he makes the catch and how he's tracking the ball, you know what he looks like? He looks like a center fielder. It looks like Mm -hmm. Ken Griffey Jr. out there. It looks like he's tracking the ball and then he goes over the wall and gets it. (laughs) I mean, that's what it looked like. Yeah. And and he didn't have the right angle because it's not a baseball and there's no, like, wall to lean against. No, you just had to go up in the air and get it. It it just – it was fascinating to watch it. And – I thought for sure it's going to be a touchdown, and he just took it away. That that was just one of the most incredible plays I've ever seen from this team, and one of the most incredible plays of this season for sure. Change the game, change the did. tenor of the game for sure. Because really the Raiders were thinking three straight touchdowns, right? Right. And right. Kenny Moore said no, and wow, that changed the game because the Colts just seemed to springboard off of that. And, and like that's a really good point you made about the best players stepping up. Kenny Moore, I wrote about two of them yesterday who have been here for a decade, Anthony Costanzo, probably the most underappreciated Colt of the last 10 years, you know, was not 100%, left the game early, came back, gutted out 
60 snaps at left tackle because they couldn't not have him out there. It was either Chaz Green or move Quentin over. Um, T.Y. Hilton, I don't know what else to say there, what, what's left to say about him and the way he stepped up the last couple of weeks. You know, it's the first time he's been healthy in three years in December, and you're seeing it. He's taking over games. He's dominating like it's 2013 or 2014 again. Hmm. And and this offense has just – T.Y. has pulled them, and the offense has followed, and it's been it's been fun to watch. Yeah, and I think this time of year, as I said – you know, you, you need your experienced and most talented players to be there for you. And and I, I think we forget. I mean, it's easy nationally for people to kind of overlook the Colts, you know. Ah, Philip Rivers is old. Um, you know, who are these receivers? Uh, you know, they've got a couple big names on defense. But, you know, I don't really know the rest of those guys. They're an easy team to overlook. I get it. Okay. Yeah. But, look, let's be clear. The talent is there. We we know this. We see these guys every day, and we've seen them for years. But up and down this roster, there is a lot of talent, and and they have some some borderline elite players. And those are the guys who are playing their best right now. And and I think if you if you're doing that, you're talking about going into December playing your best football with your best players playing at the top of their game. Well, then you hit it you hit it on the head at the opening of this. That is not a team I want to play. Okay, that is not a team I want to play. Because you know what? If those guys step up, they're going to beat you. All right? Maybe on the road at your place in January. So I'm with you, man. I, I agree. I, I don't think this is a team you want to play in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're some kind of contender. I don't think anybody's saying that. They got some issues, and they'll deal with them. And the Raiders suck on defense, clearly. Yeah. Right? Let's be clear. We're not going to throw them a parade here. But I'm just telling you, they have they have the makeup of a team that can get it done. I mean, what this is, is kind of what we saw. Isn't this what we saw two years ago? That team, a little bit of that, where yeah. they were hot going into the playoffs. And they're not there yet. They got a ways to go. They could lose badly next week, for all I know. But we're starting to see a little bit of a buildup. And that served them very, very well two years ago with that run that they had. I mean, I don't know. I, I, it feels a little bit like that to me. Yeah, it does for two reasons. And, and, and one thing I should point out is what Frank Reich told Chris Ballard recently. Frank told us this last night. He said, look, I, I look at this roster and I don't see a lot of weaknesses. Now, Frank curbed that by saying, you know, look, we got a long way to go. we got to win the rest of these games, get in the playoffs. Nothing's for sure. But the thing that stands out to me that's similar to 2018 is two elements of this team. The defense is, is coming together. And the defense for this year has, has pretty much been the whole season, right? In 18, they took a while. It took them a while to get rolling on defense. Yes. But by the end of the season, remember that, that Cowboys game, that back when the Cowboys were good, mm. Colts wiped them out 23 to zip at home. That was as complete a performance as you're going to see from that defense. This defense is really good. I think it's elite. The run game is coming back. The run game is coming back on offense this year. And that's what changes everything for them. That's what happened last time in 18 when they got going with Marlon Mack. Remember Marlon ran for 150 in Houston, the playoff record. That was more than Edron James ever ran for in a playoff game. That changes the offense. That makes everything better for Rivers. That's one of the reasons he came here was because everything was set up. And they definitely stumbled early when they lost Marlon Mack and they lost Paris Campbell. They lost two of their best offensive weapons. But you're seeing them come back. And I think there's a couple of reasons T.Y. is one, Pittman is two, and then you wrote about Jonathan Taylor. And this guy's had an up-and-down rookie season. I think it's fair to say that. But, you know, we we talked about this about a month ago, and I think you asked me, and I said, look, I'm just I'm not worried about this kid. I really do think he's a mature kid. 
and he's going to work through this. I think there were a lot of factors in why he wasn't really exceeding the expectations that were set for him because basically he was ushered into the starting lineup in his second game as a pro. Um, but doesn't it seem like he is running so much clearer and faster and hitting the holes and he's more decisive? And we saw some breakaway speed yesterday. When that run game gets going, this this offense is is really complete and it's really balanced. And it's like you said, it's it's a really balanced team that doesn't beat itself very often. Jonathan Taylor right now, I think, is the most improved player on this team over the course of the season. I don't think it's close. What we have what we are seeing currently from Jonathan Taylor versus what we saw initially, not that we didn't see the talent. But the production just wasn't there, and there were he, he couldn't get out of his own way. What yeah. we're seeing now is a guy who has all kinds of confidence. And I think that's so important. When you're talented, and then you throw in confidence, oh, be careful, okay? Because that's a troubling mix if you're the defense, let me tell you. Because now you have a guy who, when you start to see the hole, and he's feeling it, He's going. He's going to make his move. He's going to go upfield. He's not going to try to stretch the play out and wait for a better opportunity because now he knows there's not going to be a better opportunity. So now he understands, okay, that's my mark. And he hits the hole and he goes. And there's a couple of things that are happening at that point. His ability to run after contact is really impressive. I mean, look at him, okay? <laughs> we saw it in training camp. You remember he was the knocking first out his own camp, guys. We were like, oh, he just ran over Tavon Wilson on day one. Like, he's yeah. legit. Tavon Wilson, by the way, might be the hardest hitter on their defense, okay? And this guy just completely just, just laid him out on the first day of training camp. So that's what we were talking about. And we always, we always knew he had that. But you got to be able to, to get to that second level to make those kinds of plays. And now he can. So, as I said, when he hits that hole, two things are happening. He's so physical, number one. And then number two, if he hits a crease and, and you don't get your hands on him, here comes the Jets. And that's what you saw yesterday. You saw that that hole that was a mile wide. It was uh, so – it, it was enormous. <laughs> I watched the clip of it this morning. And there, it's like the parting of the Red Sea. I mean, he could have skipped through the hole. He didn't even have to run. But the thing is – he did run, and he's really, really fast. Oh, my God. So, T.Y. Hilton, I thought, was really hilarious about it. He said, yeah, you know, I, I was trying to block my guy, and he just ran past me and ran past the entire defense. What and did Costanzo say? Yeah. Costanzo was blocking a defensive end, and he said, oh, he's gone. He told the Raiders <laughs> player, like, you might as well just stop. Right. He's like, don't chase him. Yeah, don't bother. <laughs> he's That's a touchdown. I love that. I mean, that that's like, those guys know, all right, if he hits it, it's gone. He, you can't catch him. And we've seen that now a few times from him, okay? We saw it uh, against Houston. We saw the big play in, in the passing game. We've seen it a few times this year where if he gets I – mean, first of all, in the, in the opener, we saw it against Jacksonville. He had a big play in the passing game. And we said, oh, okay, this kid might be it. And of course, it took a while. But I, I really do think uh, his confidence – is as big a part of his progression as anything else. And then there's just the talent because uh, he is clearly immensely talented. Uh, now, that brings us to another topic. When the running game is working like that, now Frank Reich is playing with house money as a play wait, caller. Wait, wait, I thought Frank Reich was a terrible play caller. <laughs> I mean, that's what I hear. I don't, I, I don't know. 
uh, social media can't make up its mind. Frank Reich was showing off yesterday. Direct snap to Naheem Himes late in the game for that touchdown. What? 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 I think I think a lot of like I think you're right. I think you've nailed this a couple times this year. I think Frank overthinks it sometimes. You think he tried to? You think he thought about going for it right yes. before the half? I think he did yes. too. There's no way he didn't at least consider it. You know, somebody had to get on the headphones and talk him out of that. Probably, you know. I, th- I don't know if Ursay has a Bluetooth because he might just chime in and be like, "All right, Frank, there's restrictions here." Chris Strasser or somebody had to be on the headset like, "Frank, no, <laughs> okay, Frank, no, don't do it. Take the three points." But, but it's true though. You're right. You're right. You're 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 seeing. Like, like, how many crossers did they hit yesterday? How much open field was there in the middle of the field that they just kept hitting? He's scheming his guys open routinely. He's getting his running backs lanes. He's keeping the defense guessing. That's what he said the first day he was here in his introductory press conference. Frank said, look, I want a multiple offense. And we've kind of tried to figure out what multiple really, really means. And Frank wants to spread it around. He wants multiple backs who can carry it. He wants a lot of receivers to throw to. He wants his tight ends heavily involved. And he wants to be able to basically just step on the throat of the defense. Like just do whatever they want and push the ball down the field however they want. It's really hard to do that every week because there's a lot of good defenses in the NFL. But you're starting to see that. They absolutely shredded the Raiders yesterday. They embarrassed him. They got the defensive coordinator fired after the game. They were so good. Um, I think with, with all the tools in place, Reich is a really fun play caller to watch. And I disagree with some of the calls 100%, like a lot of the fans out there. But yesterday, I don't know how you couldn't just sit back and marvel at what he was doing because he was doing whatever the heck he wanted. Yeah, and and again, like I said, I, I really think the, the running game, when it's rolling, is, is a big part of that. I think some of the most memorable games where – uh, I think in 2018, where we felt like Frank Reich really was in command. Uh, in those games, they ran the ball well in all of those games. I mean, I think back to that Washington game. I think it was week two of 2018. Oh, that was that was balance we hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean, that was incredible. I mean, for, that was the game Darius Leonard had 19 tackles, and we're like, oh, he is pretty good. Uh, that, that game revealed so much, right? But anyhow, the, the point is, in that game, you might recall, I mean, they were running the ball so well in that game. And and I think we saw then, all right, It's I don't want to get into this argument about oh, setting up the pass with the run or all that. I, I think that that's a stupid argument sometimes, to be honest with you. I just think you have to be able to run the ball. However you do it, I don't care he's, what you he's prioritize. He's not changing on that. Yeah, right. Frank's not changing on that. But you, you got to be able to do it. He's right about that, too. You, you have to be able to do it because now look at the Raiders yesterday, right? So... Jonathan Taylor, the first freaking series of the game, he has like back-to-back 13-yard runs. Okay, so now you're getting gashed, and you're the Raiders. You're thinking, okay, well, we can't let that happen. So, all right, you got to bring somebody down in the box. And then guess what? Now T.Y. Hilton's lighting you up. So that's what it is, all right? With the defense respond, let make the defense respond to you. And yes. then, based on their response, then you hit them with the left hook. You know, I mean, just you do what you got to do based on their reaction to your actions. And that's what they're doing right now. Now, that won't be the case every week. I mean, they may find that to be different against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know. But all I can tell you is when when it's clicking like that, it gives Frank Reich the upper hand. And nobody's better in that situation. I just think that when when he's got it rolling and his players are executing, 
and the running game's working, I don't think there's anybody better at playing uh, with with the upper hand as a play caller. And that's what he was yesterday. I mean, it was, I mean, it was it was a thing of beauty, honestly. So I, I think that's where the Colts are at their best. And then yeah. Philip Rivers, let's just give him some credit. All right, Philip Rivers in that situation is the perfect quarterback to some extent because he he doesn't just take chances for the sake of taking chances. Uh, he's getting more aggressive. They are making some more aggressive throws here. I mean, look at what they, they have done with T.Y. the last couple of weeks. But they're not just sort of like toss-ups. They're not jump balls, right? He's he's taking very, very prudent chances, I think, when he does take a chance. And then he also, I think, when he is aggressive, he's very accurate too. So you put him in that situation where the defense is guessing – He's going to get some one-on-ones, and you know what? He's going to hit those guys. Right now, Phillip Rivers, I tell you what, they've gotten their money's worth. There's no question about it. They've I gotten their money's to, worth. I think we need to talk about Phillip Rivers because not the most popular signing in the offseason. No. No. I think I think we were both skeptical to some degree based on what we saw with the Chargers last year. It's a very heavy price tag. And to be completely clear, this was Frank Reich. This was Frank Reich's decision and he put his reputation on the line in a lot of respects, right? Yeah. This was oh, Chris yeah. Ballard saying, I'm going to give you the quarterback you want, and you take care of the offense, because it was terrible at the end of last season. And I keep seeing over the last couple of weeks, I keep seeing the throws they were not making last year in December. The touch throws down the field, the sideline out that Andrew Luck threw the TY a million times over the years, they hit that yesterday. They did not hit that very often last season. The touch throws down the middle to Jack Doyle, the bombs to T.Y. that disappeared last year as well. T.Y. was hurt, and this isn't a knock on Jacoby, but they've gotten better at the quarterback spot. They've gotten their money's worth, I agree. And I think we're really seeing Rivers, like, in full. Like, I think, like, this is the Phillip Rivers experience. And I think there were some early stops and starts and some other early sputters, right? The Cleveland game comes to mind. He was bad. He admitted it. We wrote about it. But I don't know if anyone out there can criticize the way Rivers has played the last month with a bum toe. Um, he's made the offense better, and it's it's absolutely been the right move. In my book, at least, I think it's absolutely been the right move to make looking back at their options last year. You know, I've talked a lot this year about their offense not having an identity and trying to figure out what they were. I really think a lot of that goes back to not being able to run the ball, honestly. But the other thing that, that Frank Reich has said, I may actually – try to summarize this in the story this week. But but the other thing that Frank Reich has said consistently, and Nick Sirianni, is that, look, we didn't have an offseason. And yeah. we had a new quarterback, and it was kind of a mess. And I think they're right about that. And, and, and the, the way we know, the reason we know they're right is because it has gotten consistently better. Now, think about earlier in the season. What was one of the things we were seeing from Phillip Rivers was that his decision-making sometimes would – would sort of make you say, yeesh. And he'd make some throws that like, okay, what are you doing? Like, that guy can't make that play. You know? Like I said, the full Philip Rivers experience. <laughs> exactly. And now that I look back on it, I don't see any of those now. And it's kind of interesting. And I, I try to figure out, I've tried to figure out, like, what is that? What changed? And I think it's just tam- time on task. I really think it is. So, him and T.Y. Hilton, I think that's a great example, right? Why weren't they connecting like this earlier? <laughs> I 
couldn't tell you. But I can tell you, the longer they've played together, now it's starting to come. I, I think there's something there. It may just be that simple. It may just be that simple. He's in a new offense. Now, not new, but different offense. And different players around you. Uh, so, look, I, I really think he's at a point now where he has settled in. And was there, a, was there ever a time in that game yesterday where you said to yourself, why did Phillip Rivers do that? Or what a bad decision. Or I haven't any really said that in a couple of weeks. Right. And another thing that jumps out to me, and I think the fans out there would notice this as well, is, is so when we talk to Rivers, the way he's talked about T.Y. has changed in the last couple of weeks. Not that he was not high on him early, but last week on Wednesday, we were like talking about the Houston game. And he was like, look, there were times in Houston where I just wanted to go at 13 every single down. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I'm supposed to you know, go through my progressions and play through the offense. But I just wanted to throw at T.Y. every single play because they couldn't guard him. He compared him to Antonio Gates. They had the Gates rule in San Diego, which was basically throw at Gates until they couldn't. <laughs> and and then yesterday, he was like, look, the rapport is there. Like, we're just on the same page, and they just get it. And, and I think it took a little time, and we asked Frank about this a while ago, and Frank said, look, like, there was no preseason, and, and that matters. And there was a weird abbreviated training camp, and that matters as well. And these guys are still like playing together for the first time this season. So, I mean, look at the way T.Y. has taken off the last couple of weeks. Second half of the Titans game to now. I mean, his numbers in the last three games are almost identical to his numbers in the first 10 games in terms of catches and yards. And then he has four touchdowns in his last three. Should be five because they missed that P.I. yesterday. And he had zero in the first 10. So, he's stepping up and, and Rivers is better for it. And look, two of those guys are free agents in the spring. And at this point, I know they're up there in years. At this point, I think you got to bring both back. I think T.Y. is making his case that you need this guy. He can still play at a really, really high level. And and you do not want to go backwards in terms of receiving talent because you let this guy go. He's their best wide receiver. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. really that simple. If there he was any question about receiver. it. Yeah. At 31, he is clearly, and I mean clearly, their best wide receiver. Michael Pittman will grow, but Michael Pittman still has some times where you're like, all right, dude, you're playing like a rookie right now. Yeah, you got to <laughs> quit with the false starts, dude. <laughs> right. And then he's had a few too many drops too. But look, it happens. That's fine. Uh, I, I, on the whole, I'm, I'm fine with Michael Pittman. I, I'm not criticizing the pick or anything like that. But like, dude, just clean it up, okay? <laughs> just clean it up. He's a, I think he's better than, than what he's showing us right now. You know what I mean? Like, he's just a little too sloppy. Drops and false starts. Those two things, like, you got to eliminate that and there will be no complaints. But anyhow, yeah, T.Y. Hilton, he's your best wide receiver right now. Uh, I, I just do think, though, that this offense, I, I, I mentioned earlier that I didn't know what their identity was. Now we're seeing them get back to who they who they have been and what they have been. And mm-hmm. and I just think you know, it's not that I need them to be predictable. I think being unpredictable is good. But, but you got to know what your go-to stuff is, you know? It's like, all right, it's third down. What are we doing? What, what are you going to do? It's third and six. What are you doing? You know, you should have two or three go-to bread and butter things. And I think they're getting back to that now. You know, Jack Doyle got involved a little bit. You know, I, I like that. You know, like, Jack, that's that's a great option on a third down. Jack Doyle? Mm-hmm. Like, Always has That's been. never going to be a bad option. Jack Doyle, we're, all right, it's, it's second and ten. We need a big play. Where's T.Y., right? I mean, so I think we're getting – back to seeing who they are and they are getting back to to knowing what they are 
And that's a great thing. I think that, as I said, I think that they start playing from a position of strength on offense when they, when they, you know, sort of play to their identity. So I like that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I want to touch on defense a little bit. We, we have here in, intermittently, but one thing this defense continues to do, uh, we talk about identity on offense. Well, their defense is is starting to create an identity of a different sort. And I think it's one for big plays. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they disappear in the first half and show up in the second half. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> okay. They're, that they will, they are stubborn about that, right? Like they're not going to, uh, they're not going to give that up. Right. They, they've called that, um, they've cornered that market, I guess. Right. <laughs> but once they figure that out and once they work their way through that, we are really starting to see, uh, a defense that it leaves us mark every week. You know, I mean, think about it. Whether it's the Packers game last week against Houston, uh, it, yesterday against Las Vegas, we're seeing big game-changing plays just about every week from this defense. And I think that is – that's how you win. And, and that's why sometimes it ain't about the yards. And it's not about – you know, all right, you gave up three touchdowns in the first half. That's not good. But my point is you can win games with big plays on defense. You can yeah. do that. And they're showing it. You remember that, that New Orleans game last year? Hmm. Uh, they go down there Monday night. They get rolled. And I remember Chris Ballard just was happened to be by himself in the, in the press box. And he's just sitting there just watching his team get absolutely steamrolled. And I wonder what was going through his mind. And after the season, 
you know, he had a talk with Matt Eberfuss about takeaways and why this is so important in this defense. And he talked about this for years since they moved to the 4-3 is they want speed and they want guys who can take the football away because we all know how much that impacts the game. And that New Orleans game was one of the examples they gave was just like we couldn't stop the quarterback. We couldn't do anything. And a takeaway would have changed everything. Um, this team takes the ball away every week. They've got seven straight games with an interception. And they had two yesterday. They were both enormous because there was the Kenny Moore one, which will be on highlight reels for years, and it saved a touchdown. And then there was the Kari Willis pick six at the end, which sealed the game. So you're right. I mean, they're, they're taking it to the other team. Like It's almost like they're on the offensive because a lot of times they're getting points out of it. And you think back to the last couple of weeks. I mean, they forced a turnover to, to beat Watson and the Texans. Go back to the Green Bay Packers game. They forced a turnover to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So um, what a weapon this defense is. If they could just put that together for a full game, that'd be something else. But um, that can change games. And in the playoffs, that can win games. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, Kenny Moore alone forcing two turnovers yesterday. The interception, then he forces a fumble later in the game. And, you know, we've seen that a lot. You know them getting their hands on the football, not just interceptions, but but also forcing fumbles. I mean, Julian Blackman's done it a couple of times. Uh, mm-hmm. We're we're seeing certainly the defensive line has done it. Uh, Justin Houston, you know, has made an art of that over the years. So that's big, man. I, I tell you, that is big. And sometimes the way this defense plays, sometimes I really think that's that's what they're counting on. Honestly, you know, when you play this sort of bend but don't break style. And I know that's not the goal. I know they're not setting out to to bend but don't break. <laughs> but it is a byproduct of the style they play sometimes, right? It's just yeah. it's just sort of baked into the cake, right? So And I but, also don't think like early yesterday in the second half, like the, the Oakland Raiders, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders had two long drives and they settled for field goals on both. And yeah. I think it was you that tweeted like field goals are not going to beat you. This defense knows that. Yeah. And and so they're counting on, okay, our defense is so good that we're betting that you can't go 12 plays without them just creating havoc for you. And a lot of times that's right. It's it's often true. And it may not be an interception, but it, it may be a sack fumble. It may be uh, a forced fumble. It may be someone gets their hand on a football and forces a field goal, whatever, whatever the case might be. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a fair argument to make that it's a good bet that those guys are going to make a play uh, over the course of the season. It has borne itself out to be true. I mean, I don't think there are a lot of, a lot of these losses that I hang on the defense necessarily. I mean, they haven't lost, they've only lost four games, but I mean, there aren't a lot of games where I say, man, this defense that was a really bad day for the defense. I mean, they they generally, on the whole, despite maybe a poor start or a poor series here and there, they've generally acquitted themselves pretty well. And and that has, as I said, this idea that, that they will eventually make a play, it's turning out to be true. It really is. And, and even though last week against Houston, they didn't really make a play to stop Houston from marching down the field. I thought they were going to score. But when the opportunity arose... They made the play. I mean, you can't take that away from them, you know? And I think sometimes that's really what defense is about. It, it's like the defense, or excuse me, the offense is going to make a mistake. That is yeah. inevitable. They're going to make a mistake. What do you do with it? Well, if you're Kari Willis, you take that deflected pass and you take it to the end zone. 
So that's sometimes the way it works. Um, if you're a Colts fan, isn't that a good feeling? Isn't that oh. a change of pace around here? It felt like in the Pagano years, the defense was – now they made plays, but it felt like they made more mistakes than they made plays. And with this team, the mistakes, like early on yesterday when Kenny Moore got beat over the middle, it was like, ah, that, that just doesn't happen with this defense very often. That was my feeling. Like right. They got beat straight up. Great play by the Raiders and great throw by Derek Carr. But it just was like, whoa, they just gave up a chunk play. Like We don't see that very often. That's how it should and, feel. It should feel like this is the exception to the rule. And it did. Yeah, it did. And and, it, and like to your point, it felt like once they kind of got going, it was like, okay, this defense can make plays at every level. You can get something up front from Buckner, Autry, or Houston. Leonard's always able to do something in the middle. And then you've got Willis and you got Kenny and Rock. Yassin played well yesterday, and that yeah. should be noted. But like you said, yeah, it does seem like their defense is capable of making plays at any point. And if you're a fan out there, you've got to really like that because you guys have seen how much that has changed games this season. Yeah, no question about it. So so now let's talk about where they are. They're 9-4. and four. They're, they're in a really good spot in terms of the wild card. Uh, you know with the Titans winning, they're tied in the standings in the AFC South, but they lose the tiebreaker, right? So uh, – I guess, how do we see this going? Uh, let's. I don't want to predict games down the stretch, but but I, I do think that yesterday's game, unless they completely fall apart, they're in after winning that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've done all the map and figured out the playoff scenarios. Okay. I mean, if, if they win Sunday, they're in like 98%. So yeah. um, I can't see them losing to Jacksonville in Week 17, you know, and that helps as well. But Pittsburgh's not playing well right now. Oh. They're beatable. I absolutely think the Colts could go in there. So don't rule out a sixteen week 16 win as well. The problem is it's going to be tough for them to win the division. They need Tennessee to drop probably two of their final three Yes, if the Colts go two and one. I mean, they're just going to need a game because they're not going to win the tiebreaker. The Titans have the tiebreaker edge because of the division race, because of division games. And that's why that game in week one in Jacksonville looms so large because the Colts are two and two in AFC South games. And the Titans are four and one right now, so the right. Titans have a pretty big lead in that area. So they would have been better you know, off losing to like the Vikings. Yeah, the Colts just <laughs> picked a really bad day to lose yeah. in week one to the one and eleven Jaguars. Right. Um, but if you're the Colts, you've got a really good stranglehold on the wild card spot. I think you would go to Buffalo today if that was the playoffs. I don't know if that's a good matchup based on what the Bills did last night. But mm. um, the one nice thing is this year playoff. Home field advantage doesn't feel as important. Maybe it does in Buffalo when you're playing outside. But, um, yeah, the Colts, they, they took care of business yesterday. They absolutely, you know, destroyed another team that was trying to get into the wild card race. So they're looking pretty good in that regard. Cleveland's looking pretty good as well. Um, but they're, they're going to be in there barring a late season collapse. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So we'll see. Um, I think really it's just a matter of not screwing it up right now, you know. Yeah, that's what they got to do. Uh, look, I don't know what happens in Pittsburgh, but they got to beat Houston and they got to beat Jacksonville, and just don't screw it up. I mean, they it, what they've done at least in terms of the wild card is they've given themselves a little breathing room. Uh, Dolphins losing and obviously them beating the Raiders, uh, they have put themselves in a really good spot. The Colts have so uh, it it's totally different. As I said last week, it's a lot different when you can play your way in and you don't have to back your way in and. 
and hope that you get help and and watch the yeah. standings you know every week minute to minute they don't have to do that just keep winning and they're fine uh, whether they win the division obviously is a question but they're in they're, they they just they have to do what they have to do and they'll be there in January so we'll see it's up to them so I like it. I don't know if I like that Buffalo matchup, but I like it. <laughs> I like where they're going. <laughs> well, it'll be Frank's homecoming, right? There'll be some stories. To yeah, yeah. About, we'll, definitely have, well, uh, we'll definitely have Buffalo a looks good, right? Right. Hey, yeah. I, I love covering the playoffs. It's my favorite, um, one of my favorite times of the year is just yeah. to watch playoff football. So it'll be fun to be a part of it if they, in fact, get there this year. Yeah. Well, yeah, one thing, one game at a time, uh, 1% better and all that nonsense, right? So <laughs> <laughs> hey, it works. It works. <laughs> so anyway, hey, that is. Uh, our show for today stay tuned to the athletic this week lots of great content coming i know uh zach has some stuff he's excited about as well so uh looking forward to having you there thanks for subscribing if you're not a subscriber check us out and uh, lots of deals available every day on our site so i'm Stephen older again as i said with zach keeper this is one percent better